Hey there, we're live at the NASDAQ Market Site on this Friday afternoon. The guys are getting ready for a big show. Here's what's coming up. As the streaming giant gears up for earnings next week, and Mike Coe will tell you how to make money if you think this hot stock is about to cool off. Plus, there's one casino stock that's soaring, and Brian Stutland has the perfect trade for you to cash in on the rally. He'll tell you the name and how to trade it. And later, one group of stocks is trading near its highest level in more than a decade. But the chartmaster sees something that has him sounding the alarm. He'll break it down. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins right now. And let's get right to it. Netflix falling ahead of its earnings report on Tuesday as Disney unveiled its new streaming service. But the stock is still up more than 30% this year. The options market implying a move of about 8% in either direction. And this stock has had an average move of 6.5% over the past eight quarters. The Charmaster, though, thinks investors should turn off this stock. Carter Worth is over at the Plasma to break it down. Carter, take it away. Sure, today's action obviously has nothing to do with anything other than a big competitor joining the ring. But, but what's important here about Netflix is how poorly it's been acting over the past one, two, three months and more. So we know, of course, just since inception, it's one of the great winners of all time. Um, just to put this in context, you're talking about something that's basically gone up from zero, effectively, IPO price to where it is now. Long-term chart, if you were to take a look and see um, the annotations, just to show you how volatile, it just talks about certain times buy and hold is what you want to do. What we know is it comes out of the gate and drops 72%, right out of the gate after its IPO, advances considerably, drops 78%, drops 53, 56, you see the numbers. Um, and we've just endured a 45% decline with the uh, peak to trough drawdown when the market dropped 21% in the S&P. So more importantly, here and now, let's take a look at the chart and try to figure out what is going on. What we know, yes, is that it's rallied, but the succession of lower highs has left the stock up against this well-defined line. And it has, in fact, hit that line and failed, and failed, and failed, and it did just again this past week, failed. Now, take a look at the same chart, but look at with relative performance. So here is the same chart. Here again is the failure at the downtrend line, repeatedly and consistently. And what we have here, though, is relative performance. And this is what I want to zero in on. Take a look at the following. Same chart, and what we know, yes, is that yes, Netflix advanced off the low with the market and has advanced generally since, but what we also know is that yes, it advanced initially, but it has underperformed ever since. And that's, I think, the setup that is the cause for concern. I think it's risky to go into earnings long, at least full long, I'd reduce, or by puts or some other strategy to protect oneself. All right, Carter, thanks. And by the way, today we've got traders around the country. Mike Coe is in San Francisco. Brian Sutlin joins us from Chicago tonight. But Mike, I start with you. What's your trade on Netflix? Yeah, so, you know, Netflix is an interesting case because, of course, anybody who is bearish on the stock is always going to talk about the valuation. It's trading nearly 80 times full year 2019 earnings estimates, so it looks expensive. Of course, it is a stellar growth story. Carter was alluding to that earlier. I mean, we're talking about a stock that's going to be growing its revenues by very nearly 40%. But they do have a little bit of a conundrum. I mean, they have a conundrum in the content area, and they also have some competition coming online. Obviously, we've got... Disney, we've got HBO's streaming, and of course we have the big 
gorilla in the room, Amazon, that is a potential competitor of theirs. And the interesting thing is I've tried to compare this stock many times with other big growth stories. Amazon might be a notable example where people have tested the valuation question many times. But the situation in Netflix is this is not a company that's generating any free cash flow. At least in Amazon's case, they always did generate some cash flow. And I think that is one of the things that would bolster their valuation. And now they're starting to make some money. Maybe not so much in Netflix's case. You were talking about the fact that it's implying about an 8% earning and that over the last eight quarters, maybe we've seen about a 6.5% move on average. But in quarters prior to that, we've seen really big moves. So I think it's important for investors to remind themselves that just because the most recent quarters didn't see big moves doesn't mean that this earnings isn't going to see some. So I think actually these options aren't overly expensive at the moment. I was looking out to June, the 340-300 put spread. You could spend about 10 and a half bucks for that, spending $16 for those 340 puts, selling the other ones against it for about $5.5. That represents about 3% of Netflix's share price where it closed today at just over 351 bucks. And this is a situation, look, if the stock does happen to continue to trend sideways, you are gonna lose a little bit of premium. Whenever we have a catalyst like earnings, you are gonna see options premiums come in a little bit afterwards if the stock goes sideways. But the only chance that you're really gonna lose all of your premium in this case is if the stock took off. And you have to ask yourself after Carter's technical analysis whether that seems like a likely outcome here. You know, my inclination, despite the fact that it has been up maybe two-thirds of the time, two months after earnings uh, in the course of its history, that maybe this time is going to be that one-third of the time that it disappoints. So I think this is a relatively inexpensive way in a very expensive stock to make a bearish bet going into earnings. Brian, what do you make of the trade? Well, I, I like the trade, and the reason being, when you look at the option activity today, it picked up, obviously, on the news of Disney here. But what more importantly is the bigger size trades that we saw were people selling upside calls and buying downside puts. So if you're going to play to the downside, clearly people were looking for some sort of protection or playing to the short side here. So Mike following along on a put spread to the downside seems to make sense. And when you take a look at earnings coming up here for Netflix, Going through the 340 mark, I don't think is out of the question. I think it's a real possibility. You look longer term here at the stock versus Netflix versus Disney, which you guys brought up on Fast Money, and I think Disney has a real chance here to capture market share. That's going to be the real question. When you talk at, at insiders out in Hollywood, they've always questioned why Netflix has been able to garner everything without their own sort of content. Now you have a player like Disney come along and, you, and, and others that will probably come to market and start to share uh, market share from there. And that's a real concern. I think Netflix has a lot of problems going forward over the next few months. So I do like this play. Carter, you know, Mike was alluding to the fact that a lot of times uh, it's more than a six and a half move, which is what are the implied volatility is uh, what actually we've seen over the past eight quarters. When we see a big move like that after earnings on Netflix, does it tend to hold that direction? Well, uh, not specific to Netflix, but all stocks, Disney being a case today, you had BIIB plunge uh, recently after a major reset, whether it is news-related or not, but typically yes, but whether it's earnings news, FDA approval or indictment or whatever it might be, uh, markets, while they're inefficient, are very efficient at re-rating a security to where it belongs based on the news at the moment. So typically you will gap up and hold a gap. You can see it all the time. Lululemon did it recently. There are lots of examples of this. So yes, the direction that it gaps, uh, typically you'll see a lot of backing and filling in the multiple sessions thereafter at the general level where it opens on the gap. Mike, last word? 
Yeah, you know, the thing I would just remind people of in all of these streaming services, it comes down really to two things. It's going to come down to content and it's going to come down to competition. And that competition is also going to impact the cost of that content. We're seeing very good production values coming out of some of their competitors. That increases costs. So if you're going to try to be competitive, you're going to see the cost go up. That's going to make it a tough row to hoe, I think, for Netflix. All right. From streaming to slot machines, check out the casino stocks soaring with Wynn Resorts, Las Vegas Sands, and MGM all up double digits this year. Las Vegas Sands expects to kick off earnings for the group next week. But if you're worried about the stock crapping out on the results, Brian Sullen has a way for you to protect your gains. So, Brian, why don't you break it down? Well, I think when you take a look at Las Vegas Sands, it's an interesting play. You mentioned how much it's up on the year here. And it's sort of in this middle area where it's broken out to the upside, but may see some resistance up at the $70 level. And when you look at the way option traders are playing it, they're playing it just that. When you look at the implied volatility, it has earnings next week. They're looking for about a 3.5% move on earnings. That would take it right to about 70 So, So options traders not too concerned that we get through that resistance. I think when you look at Las Vegas Sands, it's an interesting story because here is a company, when you're in sort of this, this big box where you're stuck inside the brick and mortar, to get out of that brick and mortar, they have a way to do that. If we see casino gambling move into sports books, into sports bars, away from the casino, there's opportunities for restaurant mergers and, and, uh, and casinos to sort of come together. So that, combined with the China story, I like it. So I'm playing options here to the upside. I like buying the June 72.5 call at the same time selling the June 60 put. When you look at the cost difference between the two of them, the net is actually a 15 cent credit to you. So if nothing happens, you at least took in 15 cents. But when I take a look at it, if the stock trades above 72.5 by June, I get all of the upside from the call. If the stock trades below $60 a share, I will have risk to the downside because I have to get long it. My break even obviously on the downside here, 59.85. So that's where I'd get long stock. But while I'm sort of waiting to see if it breaks out of this trend, I get some upside exposure and, and wait to see if that happens. Mike, what do you think of the premise of the trade and the trade itself? Yeah, so, I mean, I think there is something to the premise, to be sure. I mean, when we think about sports books and the impact for these, I think that's a positive. But, of course, as Brian was just alluding to, I mean, this is really more a story of Macau, isn't it? So I think that's really the area that you need to focus on. But I do like the structure, and I think we should probably ask Carter about the technicals because we were seeing the stock trading just below that 60 level. It seems like it broke out. This is one of those situations you often get asked in the options, you know, the stock has already done something. Is there a way I can use options to try to take advantage of my thesis given the fact it's already moved? So we have seen the stock move up well over 10% off of those recent sub-60 levels. And this is a way where you get some upside exposure if it continues to rally. But if it does not, it's going to fall back. You're going to actually get to own it where it was trading before that little bit of a breakout. So, I mean, maybe we should ask Carter what he thinks about it. Carter? Sure. So there are two ways to, in principle, play direction in the market. You're finding an idiosyncratic long, Disney, right? Something that's unto itself. Or you find group themes. Energy stocks move as a group. Uh, sometimes, sometimes not. But themes are as good eating as any. And guess what we have here? It's not just LVS. It's Win. It's MGM. Meaning um, the casino stocks as a group, while a small group, are on the move. They all have the common circumstances, massive declines, 50, 60 percent from their highs, and all have had very important turns, bearish to bullish reversals. And so I think it's an excellent trade, and uh, we know the highs are up in the low 80s. Uh, I think there's more, more to go. Brian, last word. 
Yeah, I've owned Las Vegas Sands from the start of the year. I like the stock. It's one of our top 30 picks on the year. And when you look at the breakout, the big, huge reversal, to speak to the technicals that happened weeks ago where you saw a huge volume and then now it broke out through that 60. To me, that was some positive action right there. And then, you know, the whole China story, I got some time on this trade out to June. So, you know, if we hear more about the U.S.-China deal, China starts to continue to sort of bottom off its lows. I think that will play the upside. That'll play the Macau story that Mike mentioned. Okay, thanks for that, Brian. For everything Options Action, check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, check out our newsletter. And I hear it's got a couple of Game of Thrones spoilers in it. So what are you waiting for? Here's what's coming up next. The Chartmaster says winter is coming to one area of the market. And there could be big trouble ahead. He'll explain. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket. Grab your phone and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. Welcome back to Options Action. REITs on fire this year with the real estate ETF IYR surging back to its highest levels in more than a decade. But Carter says cracks are starting to spread. Carter, what are you looking at? Right, so it's, it's a circumstance where maybe it's just uh, too much of a good thing. What we know is that uh, a low beta area of the market like this, REITs have benefited from the very low uh, rate environment and the plunge in rates uh, just earlier this month. But what we also know is that being the third best performer year to date, it's a little hot. Uh, this is a one-year chart, not a year-to-date chart, but just to put this in contrast, what you see, of course, is, is the remarkable, you know, outperformance of real estate. Now, I've got here just... For comparison's sake, over the past 12 months, the S&P 500, which has, you know, huge movers in it, like semis and tech, and then, of course, the financial uh, ETF XLF. So, at this point, the presumption is, at least from my seat, that it's a little too hot and take some profits. Let's look at a couple charts. So, what we have here first is a chart over the past um, several years, and we see how volatile it is. And if you were just to simply put a trend line on it, whether you're to do it this way or whether you're to use a moving average to capture a trend line, which is all that a moving average is, what we know is it's a little bit far above trend. And the mean reverting tendency here would be to make the bet that this is going to come back, come back. Okay, let's look at that exact same setup and pull it back even further. Now here is going back to the 09 low. And again, if we put in some trend work, whether you use a trend line or a moving average, what you'll see here is the same circumstance. And so remember what we did on the shorter term chart. Here is now an entire decade. And it's my thinking that at this point, what we have is, let's go back one if we can. What we have here is the ability to, well, predict a sell-off. We're not going to be able to go back, so hold this. Oh, we are back. Now, watch the circles. And it's the same circumstance. This has been going on, right, consistently reliably. At some point, you have an overbought condition. You have a crowded circumstance. At this point, my bet is this, final chart, that we are going to fall back to the level from which this breakout occurred. That's the price objective right here. I'm a seller. All right. Pretty clear on the charts, at least, Mike. What's the trade? 
Yeah, I mean, we have the highest valuation in three years. We have the lowest dividend yield in this sector in three years. And of course, the rates are really the story here. And also employment. We have very low unemployment. That's really the two propellants. We've got 5G build-outs for the towers. And of course, on the apartment side, for the apartment REITs, you know, we've seen them slow down some of their construction. There seems to be some capacity there. So I think you have both the valuation question and possibly some operating issues that could basically cause this rally to end. Here's a situation where the options are not particularly expensive. I was looking at the June 87 puts. Those were $1.85. That gives us adequate time if it does reverse the way Carter was just indicating. I think there are good fundamental reasons why it might actually do that, even if we don't see or hear anything about a potential rate increase. This is an inexpensive way to take a bearish position in it. And of course, if it does continue to rally, we're risking a relatively small amount of the current level of IYR right here. Brian, your thoughts on the direction, the, the, the call on IYR as well as the trade itself? Well, yeah, the direction I think is the right play because when you look actually, that first chart that Carter showed, that outperformance of the real estate sector really occurred back in November. It all happened there when the 10-year interest rates got crushed down to 2.5% and they started getting squeezed and it looked like the Fed would reverse its tone. That's where the outperformance occurred. Now I think it's too late in the game. I think that mean reversion has a good chance of happening. I'd rather play it in different areas. I'm in some mortgage-backed security sectors. I'm not necessarily playing on real estate prices going higher. I think that's what you'd have to play if you're in this sector. So I would play this area to the short side. It makes sense to take a cheap put, buy it, at least add some protection if you are along with some of these REITs, or take a shot and play to the short side. So I like the trade. Carter, what should I be concerned about as I watch interest rates and their direction with the IYR? Right. Well, just sometimes you, the complacency is an issue, and I think we've got that in the real estate stocks in particular, but a way to play it would be the IYR, regardless of which real estate stock might be the most vulnerable. Mike? Yeah, and of course, you know, this is not just going to be like the apartment realty. We also have the tower stocks like AMT and so on, and those are obviously playing into this as well. Good point there. Up next, shares of Advanced Micro ripping higher this year and up nearly 20% in just the past month. We'll tell you why that's great news for one of our traders. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. Much more options action right after this. Welcome back to Options Actions. Time to take a look back at a very special uh, open trade. Three weeks ago, Brian Sutlin said chips were ready to rip. On Options Action, it's how we trade like mad scientists. Risk less so they can make more. And that's exactly what Brian did with his bullish bet on Advanced Micro. Brian thought AMD looked like it could defy gravity. But just buying the stock could set him back nearly three grand. So instead, Brian bought the April 26 strike call for $2.05. Now, to make money, Brian just needs Advanced Micro to rise above that strike price by more than the cost of the trade, or above $28.05 by April expiration. But spending more than two bucks just to bet on AMD? Brian, you're a brainiac. Let's do this for less. So to reduce the cost of the trade, Brian then sold the April 31 strike call for 35 cents and created his call spread. Here's how it works. Between the $2.05 he spent on the lower strike call and the $0.35 cents he collected on the higher strike call, Brian cut the total cost of his trade down to just $1.70. Now Brian just needs AMD shares to rise above the lower strike call by the reduced cost of the trade, or above $27.70 by April expiration. 
But remember, there's a trade-off. And because he sold that higher strike put, Brian capped his profits at $31. And since the time of the trade, Advanced Micro has rallied more than 3%, meaning that the trade is looking pretty good. And now, Options Action fans all over the world want to know one thing. What will Brian do now? Well, AMD is up nearly 20% over the last month. So, Brian, what are you doing now? Well, I think when you take a look at it, the story is still there. The AMD potential stuff work with Google, the, the basically the gaming community. We got positive news out of NVIDIA. I think the chip sector is still in play to the upside. The trade right now is just trading a little bit above break even right here. The call spread slightly in the money. We're a little bit up on that. I actually sold the call spread a little bit earlier when the stock was trading above 28. I think if you get a little pop next week into expiration, I would start to take it off, maybe look to roll and make a play on earnings, which comes up the following week and play to the upside with a call spread later, later on next week. All right. Thanks for that trade update, Brian. Up next, the final call. Final call time, Carter. Reed's a little too hot to sell IYR. Mike. Buy the June 87 puts at IYR. Brian Sutlin. Las Vegas Sands earnings next week. Use options to play to the upside. All right, that does it for us. We're off next Friday, but we'll be back the following week. Mad Money starts right now.